Since 1850, Mount Bunnell has been a popular tourist destination in Austin. It's the highest point within Austin city boundaries at 785 feet. Hiking and picnicking are still popular activities there, as they have been for nearly 200 years. Visitors can relax inside the pavilion after climbing the stone stairs and take in the panoramic views of the lakes, hills, and the city. Mount history is told on a plaque at the base of the peak steps, but there's a part of the story that's left off the official monument. The site's romantic aura has understandably spawned legends about forlorn lovers. One tale is told of a young Spanish woman named Antoinette who was engaged to be married and was taken captive by a Comanche warrior. The Comanche man fell in love with her, but Antoinette's fiance snuck into the native camp along the Colorado River and escaped with her. The couple fled to the top of Mount Bunnell, but the Comanches caught up with them and killed the man. Now as his body lay on the ground, full of arrows, Antoinette kissed his forehead and leapt to her death off the mountain. Her tragic story gave the mountain one of its nicknames, Antoinette's Leap. In another version of the story, a woman named Nell and her husband Beau both jumped to their deaths just before being apprehended by a Comanche raiding party. Unsurprisingly, as is common on such lovers' leaps around the globe, the legends of Mount Bunnell have led to sightings of otherworldly beings. For years, visitors to the top of Mount Bunnell at the twilight hour have reported seeing ghostly shapes and phantom sounds echoing around the peak. folks out there in the hinterlands as always it's your boys rock and max and we're going to be your guides as we travel the austin metro area in search of the supernatural here at nightmares and daydreams y'all not going too far today people mm -mm. but as you know by now rock and i are going to be discussing and debating all things paranormal legendary and monstrous and of course fun fun's important max as our hard partying audience surely knows but do you want to know what's not funny? Ghosts, specters, phantoms, spirits. Yeah, exactly. All those things. Ain't none of those fun. I ain't afraid of no ghost. I think you're lying. But <laughs> visions of otherworldly visitors, <laughs> specters and phantoms from the other side. Ain't none of that fun. But gang, before we head out and delve into the good stuff, please do your level best to help you boys get out there by sharing our pod and liking, following, and reviewing. Thanks so much. Just do it. As Rock says, please grant us the boon of the oh-so-sacred five-star review. Mm-hmm. All right, we're off. So what is it, guys, about hauntings that so intrigues us? Good question. But if there's anything true of hauntings, I guess it's this. The farther away, the better. I like that rule. Damn right. Which is why hauntings and our very own ATX are so scary, Maxie. <laughs> you know, it's really interesting, though, uh... I've heard another story about Mount Bunnell. Well, I suppose there are a few. What's the one you know? So there are more than a few, but and this is by memory, but I do recall hearing it 
uh, one of my Texas ghost books that I read. So the story goes that there was a young Austin man who was having a secret love affair with a Native American girl, as you do back in the day. Yep. Uh, I don't remember if she was Comanche or Tonkawa or whatnot, but her father, who was the chief. Of course. <laughs> it's always the chief's daughter because yep. they love to party. But anyways, <laughs> man, he learned of uh, the chief, learned of his daughter's romance with this white guy and tracked them down where they were meeting up. Let me guess. On top of Mount Bunnell, mm-hmm. where all the forbidden lovers go. That's where you go if it's forbidden. You got it, man. So the big chief is furious, and in a fit of rage, he murders his own daughter aye, aye. as she pleads for her life. And, you know, knowing that, hey, man, if the chief's going to kill his own family, that this guy hasn't got a prayer. So the young man leaps to his death, again, as you do off the peak of Mount Bunnell. I get that. At least you won't be tortured and maybe painfully murdered. Also, it sounds like the kind of demise that could create ghosts, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that traumatic thing right there for sure. Just think of it, gang. You're in the middle of making out when the angry father rolls in. Tale as old as time. Who amongst us hasn't been? I mean, passions are already high. Yep. You know, first in love, then in fear. And Mm-mm. show is sad. You know, I've been thinking, though, like I've been to Mount Bunnell loads of times. Yep, yeah. I mean, usually during a run, which means early in the morning, but it would have been at twilighty hour before sunrise, I guess. Mm-hmm. I never recalled seeing anything, though. Maybe it has to be the nighttime twilight. Nighttime's the right time. I don't usually run up the steps, though, so, you know, just to the top of the hill on the road. So you run up to Mount Bunnell. You're nuts, man. Like, shamefully, <laughs> even after living in Austin for a couple of decades, I've only been a handful of times, you know, and definitely not during a run. I've been up there mostly during runs, honestly, you know. Mm-hmm. Not often. A few times a year, though. More than you, apparently. <laughs> yep, true, true. But that's why they have roads. <laughs> yep. uh, you know, there's a nice little parking area at the top on the side of the road, right? Like, you can take your car. Yeah. Cars are for suckers, though. I'm a car guy, man, but that's neither here nor there. So let's get into another quick story, shall we? Let's. You know where the Eanes Marshall Ranch was? Honestly, man, I have never heard of it. Hey, Texas is big, y'all. Don't judge. (laughs) True. But to help you out, there's a historical marker basically at Wild Basin, south of the 360 Bridge. Okay, word, word. Yeah, I'm familiar with that area. Used to work out there back in the day. So, is it haunted? You know it is. Today it's known as the Eanes Marshall Ranch, but it was originally built in 1857 by Alexander Eanes. He eventually sold it to his brother, Robert, who built the ranch house and a schoolhouse on the property. In 1883, Robert turned the ranch over to his son-in-law, Hudson Boatner Marshall, who dismantled the ranch house and built a new one at Barton Creek. One story about the place tells of a teamster who was driving his wagon down a lonely road late one night near the ranch house in the 1890s. He'd gone to town and delivered some goods and then reloaded his wagon with a new haul of merchandise for the journey home. His wagon was within just a few yards of the Eanes Ranch when the man noticed a large rock in the middle of the road. Thinking bandits might have put the obstacle there to waylay him, he drew his rifle but he was shot down before he could even use it. The gunfire panicked his team of horses, which raced down the road. The three bandits 
emerged from the bushes at the side of the road and approached the dead man. Angry because they'd lost the wagon, they had to satisfy themselves with looting the corpse of the driver. Living by the site of the murder, the Eanes family was woken by the gunfire and found and buried the corpse. But because the man's wallet had been stolen, they had to bury him in an unmarked grave. No one ever identified him. The murder was considered to be largely just a legend, a campfire tale, until Westlake police discovered the unmarked grave of a man who bore gunshot wounds and was dressed in clothes appropriate for the era that the murder supposedly took place, roughly a hundred years before. People still claim to hear the sound of hooves and wagon wheels and gunshots on the darkest nights. Some even have seen the ghostly form of a wagon careening down the road near the site, forever reenacting the sad events from that fateful night. So how do they know all this stuff that happened if the unknown driver died and no one saw it? Well, okay, yeah, you're right. The story was probably extrapolated from what was known, I guess. Yeah. No doubt it was embellished over the years. As you do, man. But, you know, I guess the Eanes family would have known that someone got shot and, I guess, could guess as to what happened, I reckon. Exactly. Maybe even heard the horses and wagon or saw the tracks in the dirt road. You know, as long as I don't get robbed by spectral bandits. That's what I'm saying. You know what, Maxie, or better yet, real bandits. <laughs> so why are all these stories in West Austin? I mean, let's spread the love, right? What have you got? Paramount Theater. Oh, yeah. Been to some solid shows there. That's a good one. Go for it, Rock. Few people now remember, but the Austin landmark on Congress Avenue, the Paramount Theater, was once called the Majestic Theater. It first opened in 1915, in the early years of the First World War. Designed as a vaudeville theater, the venue was extravagantly remodeled in the 1930s in the Art Deco style for which it's now known. Employees of the theater claim it's haunted by the ghost of one Walter Norris, a projectionist who died during a show of Casablanca in the year 2000 and they still leave offerings of candy bars and other treats for the spirit to ensure the equipment doesn't malfunction during a show. Actress Shirley MacLaine, well known for her belief in and connection to the spiritual realm, visited the Paramount and told the manager of the place that it was haunted and that he probably would not have an experience because he was, quote, not ready. Some employees also claim to hear voices and footsteps in the auditorium and bathrooms. Others have seen people that weren't really there in the mezzanine and projectionist booth. Damn, that ghost is fairly recent. Year 2000 was like yesterday, you know, yep. compared to most of these stories. Yeah. Poor Walter Norris. Ah, oh, yes, man. Y2K. The year our way of life was supposed to end at midnight. <laughs> yeah. And I remember we partied hard that night, woke up the next day, walked over to Maria's Taco Express, had some <laughs> Mexican Cokes and barbacoa tacos. It's back when I was living in the 04. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You lived in the now super expensive 
04 area of Austin back then. It was, yeah, it was pretty cheap. cheap back in the day. Yep. It was very affordable back then. All right, man. But it seems like all the panic for Y2K was for not Maxi. And uh, as was for the 2012 Mayan <laughs> yeah. calendar panic. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Okay. We're going off topic here with these doomsday <laughs> scenarios. But I do recall we had several friends who were oh, yeah. really freaking out over the oncoming Mayan calendar back in 2012. Yep, yep. Once again, man, we partied on the eve of 2012, had tacos the next morning. Hey, that tradition, everybody seems to avert disaster. So I advise doing that every New Year's yeah. Eve. We'd, we'd be dead for sure. Hey, whatever works, right? Totally. And Max, get this, dude. That was 10 years ago, man. Dang. Time flies, people. And, you know, we're speaking of Austin hauntings, and I've already spoken of this, but Mugshot's a bar I frequented for many years and worked at. Which is now closed down, unfortunately. Yeah, thanks for reminding me, man. Let's all pour out a can of Lone Star for mugs. But uh, Mugshots also had some odd goings on. The Grey Lady, as we called her. And the building was over 100 years old and used to be a brothel. And it was always weirdly cold in some spots. Jukebox turned on when unplugged. You know, the usual stuff. Yeah, go back and listen to some of Rock's Tales. I think that's where you Mm -hmm. told him the stories about that. I did, yeah. And... Muggs was on 7th and Neches, I believe, right? Pretty much. Like, uh, not right on the corner, but right by the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Near old Lovejoys. Dude, <laughs> Austin, man, we had some fun dive bars back in the day. Our locals will remember Lovejoys. Uh, not that Trevor went. You were too busy running and walking your dogs and being wholesome and swell. <laughs> Gotta love Maxie. You ran a lot back then as well. I remember when we used to run and I used to get better times than you. Like, that was far back in the day i mean i was letting you win but yeah seeing as how you just qualified for the berlin marathon i believe you i mean our max is a running fool gang (laughs) we'll send him all the nightmares of daydreams love and support when he runs in september and any german listeners in berlin max will love to hang out and hear your ghost stories and just for the sake of total transparency i didn't qualify for the berlin marathon that's super hard but uh I am running the Berlin Marathon. So You told me you qualified. Why are you lying to me, man? I mean, I can lie to you, but I can't lie to our listeners. <laughs> you ain't lying. So you can just buy your way into the Berlin yeah. Marathon, everybody. No, it's just lottery, apparently. man. I got lucky. All right. <laughs> I don't but, think so, but you're, you're pretty damn good, my friend. So let's move on past the marathon talk because nobody really cares. <laughs> All right. As he said, hey, anybody wants to hang out and tell ghost stories, hear ghost stories, I would totally love to hook up with you. And Max will spring for all the beers at the beer garden. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Done. Yeah. Hold on now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Maxie, man. Are we ready for another story? I've got just the one. In 1884, students first started attending classes in what is now called the Old Main Building on the University of Texas campus located where the UT Tower now stands. It didn't take long, though, before the building began to acquire the reputation of being haunted. Some said that the bricks were made from mud from Shoal Creek, which was said to be cursed. Others said that ivy from the grave of the English poet Thomas Gray was planted at the foot of the building, and that brought with it an unwelcome spiritual visitor. Whatever the case, The building was raised to the ground in the 1930s, and the tower was built on that spot. But the UT Tower carries its own dark history, 
Some say because bricks of Old Main were reused in its construction. As the world knows, on August 1st, 1966, Charles Whitman killed 16 people and wounded another 32 before being killed in turn. The tower was closed for two years following the tragedy, but almost immediately upon being reopened to public access, students began jumping to their deaths from the site, and it was closed again. Today, it is only open for guided tours. Some say the place is haunted by the ghost of Whitman himself. They say they have seen a man in workman's clothing, or a vague shadowy form of a man scanning the area from the tower. Security guards claim that a ghost turns lights on and off as they conduct their rounds, and unexplainable sounds echo around the tower when no one is present. That was a, you know, sad period in Austin's history, everybody. And that's all I have to say about that. Understandable. Yep. All right, y'all. So let's get into a quick list of Austin's many haunted places, according to Austin 360. And uh, listen, Maxie, you're going to tell me if you've ever been to these places, okay? Got it. All right. Number one, the Driscoll Hotel. We did uh, five minutes of folklore on the Driscoll, uh-huh. and yeah, I've been there. I mean, not to stay overnight, but I know you've been for drinks. Yep, yep, I sure have. All right, number two, the Tavern on 12th and Lamar. Man, I've passed that place a million times. I've passed by it so often, and well, actually I've been there. Yeah, once? Like once, uh, just to Was it to out. watch soccer or something or what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, How'd you say. know? <laughs> it's the only reason you're going to go to a tavern, man. And honestly, I've never been. And the the place has been there forever. And it just, you know what, man? It just really never seems super inviting to me. Seriously, a bar you haven't been to? What's the word <laughs> coming to you, man? <laughs> Shut your sassy mouth. So the tavern is supposedly haunted by the ghost of a young girl named Emily. And just like my old bar mugshots, apparently the tavern used to be a brothel. And Emily was a working girl who was unfortunately murdered there. Super sad, man. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's next? Buffalo Billiards. And I think we've both been to that now defunct place. Yep. That closed before COVID, by the yeah, way. Yeah, we talked about that place on one of our own Halloween ghost story specials. Yeah, yeah, super early on. Just an old two-story pool hall, or recently anyways. Mm-hmm. All right, the next one is the state capitol, which we both worked down the street from back in the day. I've been, obviously, but, you know, not for a ghost tour. But I heard there's a lady in red that is seen on the third floor of the Capitol Dome. Lady in red, gray lady, lady in white. Show is sad. Also, everybody, that song's the jam sandwich. Which song? Lady in red, man. Lady oh. in red is dancing <laughs> with ridiculous. Mass. <laughs> All right, what's next? All right, man. Uh, St. Ed's, St. Edward's University is another place supposedly rife with specters. I've definitely been to St. Ed's campus, but... Obviously, I never attended the school. Yeah, uh, and just FYI, did you know that Notre Dame is St. Ed's sister school? Fun fact. I did not know that. You ever been? On campus there? Yeah, yeah. But, gang, the theater building is home apparently to multiple ghosts. You know, if we can trust theater people. I mean, they are prone to drama. Oh, Maxie's so clever, boy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The most famous or infamous ghost at St. Ed's 
I believe is a little girl named Danielle who allegedly asked the residents of Teresa Hall, which is a dorm there, if they want to play with her. Hmm. What happens if you say no? More importantly, what happens if you say yes? Oh, man, true. She might throw a ball comprised of ectoplasm at you or something. (laughs) She slimed me. Okay, what's next? All right, the governor's mansion is supposedly haunted. Former governors are still roaming thereabouts, including the legendary Sam Houston, if legend can be believed. Have you ever been? Nope. But that stands to reason. I mean, the place has a lot of history. One of the older buildings. So, also, the Omni Hotel in downtown Austin, which I believe we spoke of before. We did. An unfortunate fellow named Jack, although that's a pretty generic name, so, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's made up. Good name. But apparently he jumped off a balcony and he's still sighted and heard roaming the halls by both staff and guests alike. Nope. Don't want to see that. (laughs) All right, gang. So another was the Moonshine Patio Bar and Grill, which is apparently one of the oldest buildings in the city. Has a host of spirits attached to it. You know, some were flood victims of uh, nearby Waller Creek, apparently. So, Max, have you ever been to Moonshine? Yeah, not for a long, long time, though. I think we went there once for like a Christmas lunch at work. But I'd been there with friends. But it's been, man, it has to be like 15 years. I was going to say, man, that place has been there a while. Like, it was kind of catty corner across from the ironworks where we used to get barbecue, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back yeah, in the day. Yeah, it's behind the convention center. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, I've never been, dude, and again, we used to work right by it. All right, so the next is the Clay Pit, local Indian restaurant, and uh, is, according to many, a super paranormal hotspot. Now, I've been there several times. Yeah, same here, and that's definitely one that's like, literally on everybody's list of haunted yep. places in Austin. So For sure. So what's the story with it? So, you know, the lore states that the son of the former owner died from typhoid fever. And uh, you can still hear his tormented spirit crying in the building at certain times. Man, that's not the way I want to go. Nope. All right. So another awesome paranormal podcast is called the Night Owl Podcast Gang. And they did a series on the clay pit. And check it out. It's pretty good. Yeah. And that's a solid show. Uh, They've been off the air for a bit. I hope they get back to doing shows again because, like, they were doing some solid work out here. Yeah. Like, kind of helping with paranormal investigations and such, right? Yeah. Like, totally. Totally. They have, like, a psychic and they'd go in there and just, you know, stay the night and whatnot. So super solid show. Hope they get back to it. All right, Max. The Austin State Hospital is also said to be Phantom Field. Also known as Ash, which, man, Mm -hmm. we ran the Ash Dash 5K for years. We did, man. I didn't run it last year for the first time in pretty much forever. Jeez. um, Because it was the same weekend that we were in Boston, but of course we always had to have tacos (laughs) afterwards. Yep, we love us some tacos, and it was a fun event for sure. So... Apparently, over 3,000 former patients are buried on property grounds, on the hospital grounds. Wow. There is a pretty good-sized cemetery on the grounds, I think, if I recall correctly. So that makes sense. Yeah, we'd run by it, you know. So according to the lore, the cemetery was dug up in the past, and there are more than a few bodies that may have been left behind, according to former staff. And, uh, you know, people are sighted on the grounds, and antiquated clothing and phantom sounds are often heard at night. Makes sense to me. Might have been a lot of suffering going on in that place, unfortunately. Yeah, more than likely. I mean, it was a mental hospital, like the uh, 
methods, the methodology used back in the day was not gentle. Show is sad, man. Yeah, for sure. Let's get into another story, shall we? On July 23, 1916, the Austin Fire Department fought its first major fire in the Cressley Building at Congress and Forth. The building was a total loss. Also lost were the lives of two women, unable to escape their elevator cage. Slamming doors and blood-curdling screams have been heard, accompanied by the sound of running up and down the 59-step staircase. Perhaps the footfalls and cries of that or a valiant firefighter named James Jimmy Glass whose spine was crushed inside the burning building. Would you like to take a guess at his badge number? A most unlucky 13. The Cressley building was rebuilt and is now home to Speakeasy Austin. During a recent renovation, workers complained that their tools and supplies were shuffled around the spooky speakeasy. Several people have claimed to see a woman's apparition in the antique elevator, the only item that survived the fire. Now located inside Speakeasy Austin's swanky Prohibition-era vibe, the Cabaret Room. From TourATX.com You ever been to Speakeasy Austin? Yeah, man. I mean, it looks real cool, but uh, might be a little too classy for me. <laughs> <laughs> you like the dive bars, that's for sure. The more divey, the better. I mean, not to the point where you can get tetanus in the restroom, but, you know, I do like a good dive bar. <laughs> so what, like, constitutes a dive bar for you? Uh, this is off topic, man, but I'm always good to answer questions for the amateurs. All right, man. So look, cheap beers, good jukebox, bartenders whose friendship you got to earn, you can't buy, <laughs> graffiti in the restrooms, and a good group of regulars, you know? So you just described cheers, right? You know, you know that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is nice to go where everybody knows your name. And uh, exactly. they're always glad you came. But, uh, man, do you remember that bar on 6th Street? Uh, it was called Friends. Yeah, vaguely. What about it? Yeah, man, my brother-in-law was always telling me how much fun he used to have there and just love that bar. Loser. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Joking, my man. I'm sure it was a friendly place. All right, so any other places, Maxie? How about we end with a classic? Mets Elementary School. Eastside represent. Yup, yup. It's a classic indeed. All right, Maxie, so let our listeners know what's up with Mets Elementary. Well, the school was built in 1915 originally, I believe, in East Austin, like you said. And in 1990, the school was deemed unsafe for further use. So AISD decided to demolish it. Sure was sad. Which started fine, but soon stopped entirely because the workers demolishing the old building thought they were being set upon by ghosts that inhabited the old school. Oh, word. So like the workers were seeing ghosts. Yeah, but just real quick before we get into that, think about how long Metz was open for kids in the Austin area. That's over seven decades of educating kids. Damn, 70-something years of molding the minds of our youth. That sounds exhausting, man. <laughs> I know you're joking, but I just wanted to point that out. The original Metz Elementary had lots of history, which can equate, as we well know, mm -hmm. to lots of hauntings. So it was demolished in 90, and the new Metz was built over the same grounds as was opened in 92, yeah? Correct, yes. 
All right, man. So uh, what's the story with Mets? I'm not really super familiar with it. Uh, any experiences there? Yeah. So a lot of the stories have been related by teachers that have worked there over the years. Naturally. And, you know, you can only assume that schools, once all the kids have gone home, are probably kind of creepy. Exactly. A lot of the stories are about teachers staying after class and seeing lights on in rooms that weren't supposed to be on. Hmm. They'd walk down to make a copy, go back and the lights would be off. And phantom sounds coming from empty classrooms or hallways? Nope. No, sir. I don't like it. Another story is about a teacher's kindergarten students. They were asking about another kid in their class that the teacher couldn't see. Like asking how? Like, shouldn't she get a folder or a handout? And they'd point to different parts of the class. And the teacher never saw the invisible kid that her class saw. Mm-mm. Hell no. You know, I feel like if just one kid was claiming they saw somebody. Yeah, then you're like, okay. Yeah, you can maybe think that kid is just trying to get attention. Right. They're just messing with you. But the whole class, uh-uh. that's something entirely different right there. Kids and pets, man, animals, they got sight beyond sight, just like Lionel from the Thundercats. Dude, yep. I hate that. <laughs> How so? Okay, man. So just quick story. So we we're at the wife's family's place in Santa Fe, and it was yeah. this big house on a mountain. And for some reason, I got left behind with the family dog uh, there this <laughs> one night, this uh, lab. Yeah. You were banned from dinner that night. Hey, man, it's happened more than once. All right. So I'm there with a the dog, and we're like relaxing, trying to watch some TV. And again, this house was pretty damn big. And uh, he does this low growl, and he just starts following something in the room with his eyes, like scanning <laughs> the room. And I'm like, come on, man. Just watch Sports Center with me and calm down. I love that. Whose dog was this? Uh, this was a family's old lab uh, named Rufus. I called him Grandpa Creepy because he was all dried up <laughs> in your grill, breathing, waiting for you to drop food, you know? Typical lab. Yep. So the kids... Uh, at Mets would see things and teachers would hear things. And, you know, dude, 70 years, that sounds super feasible. You know, some of these phantoms might have, you know, passed and then gone back to a place where they felt safe and that might have been Mets. Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes a certain amount of sense. Other instances are teachers working after the kids went home, mm. you know, as one would do. Yep. And they would hear banging or knocking on the walls in a room that's totally dark. So they'd hear giggles <laughs> and immediately like go into the room looking for whoever was laughing or messing around, mm -hmm. banging on the walls. And let me guess, right? Of course, they'd find nothing. Am I right? Nope. And you want to know something cool about Mets, actually? Yeah, please. Some teachers during Dia de los Muertos actually made ofrendas and students would place pictures of lost loved ones on the ofrendas. Man, that's just like Coco. Yep, love the representation. Agreed. And you know, it's probably a good way to placate any spirits that lean in that direction. So yeah, tons of accounts. And apparently the main secretary who'd been there for a couple decades plus had just tons of stories. Yeah. So she used to come in on the weekends and work. I don't know why a secretary needs to work on the weekends, but hey, you know, <laughs> she's a hard worker. She would hear kids running and playing in the hallways, like every weekend. 
Dude, and like kids like laughing and playing and stuff regularly is cool, but when no one's supposed to be there, like I feel like there's nothing more creepy. And let me guess, right? There were never any kids, right? You guessed it. Man, I'd be like, hey, I'm coming in on the weekend. I'm getting overtime ghost hazard pay, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, orbs were also sighted on the security cameras. Mm-mm. Just the whole gamut of experiences, really. Workers seeing phantom kids, tools being moved. Eventually, it just caused the workers to quit in some cases. Yep, I'd be out, that's for sure. And according to the lore, a construction worker actually died during the building of the new Mets Elementary in the early 1990s. Damn. So some folks posit that that worker's spirit is one of the ones causing a lot of the activity, which, I mean... Possibly, yeah, totally possibly. You know, but it seems that the lion's share of the hauntings seem to revolve around childlike ghost sightings. You know, the sounds of kids playing in the hallways, banging on the walls, yeah, missing items. I mean... Seems very childlike to me. Agreed. And any way you slice it, Metz Elementary is one of Austin's most haunted places. On the upside, it seems to mostly be happy ghosts. Yes, yes, yes. It seems to be. <laughs> oh, we love happy ghosts. So, Maxi, are we done? I think we are. So, gang, with that last bit of lore, we are done, according to Max. And thanks for hanging out with you, boys. Don't forget to like, subscribe, review, mm-hmm. and grant us the boon of that five-star review on whichever podcatcher you listen to us on. Gang, y'all want more Nightmares and Daydreams? Please consider supporting the pod and heading over to patreon.com forward slash nightmares podcast for additional content. Tears start a buck a month and y'all can cancel any damn time. Teresa Joy, our bard, keeps casting Charm Person with her amazing work on the show. She does all music and production for us. Find and follow her at Viobrite, that's at V-I-O-B-R-I-T-E on Facebook and Instagram. And why don't you head on over to her own website at TeresaJoyMusic.com. And hit us up on all the socials. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Mm -hmm. We love hearing from y'all. Finally, gang, head on over to our own damn website at nightmarespodcast.net to holler at your boys, scroll on down, see the wolves, and send us your stories. You know we want to hear from you. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, be good to each other and... Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams.